finding rest in the storms of life. Finding rest in the storms of life. And if you ask people what they want, I mean, money or whatever they might say, I think if they were honest, they would say they want a little rest. They want a little rest. But there's constant storms going on. So I believe in the passage that we're going to read, we're going to see some things that we can remember that will allow us to have rest. And if you wouldn't mind turning to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse 45. We're going to read 45 through uh, 52. And Father, we thank you so much uh, for your word. We thank you that we can just have it in our laps and just and read it. And even now, Father, we just pray for a better understanding of your word, that you would just open hearts and minds and ears that we could all just see you in new and in fresh ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in Mark chapter 6, verse 45, it says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the, into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. And... When they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them, and he said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves, beyond measure. And marveled, for they did not understand about the loaves because their heart was hardened. So, in this story, this storm is a windstorm. And if you live in El Paso, you know what a windstorm is. They're, they can be powerful. This was a great windstorm, and it was making them toss back and forth with, with the waves. But in a much broader application, and it's really not a big quantum leap to do this, we know there are many types of storms. We have the physical storms with the, with the rain and the snow and the, the tornadoes. My, my wife and I, two weekends ago, went to a, to a funeral, and we were walking into, a na- into the neighborhood to, a, to the re- reception after the funeral. And we were looking and we were saying, we saw all these foundations. We were wondering, I, I wonder what happened. I wonder if they're going to build, they ran out of funds, or what. We didn't know what happened. And then I asked the person that lived there, 
like, what's going on with all these foundations? He goes, tornado. Tornado came in and, you know, they're gone. So wind can definitely damage things. Storms can damage. But there's other type of storms that we're, we face. And you have the, the physical ones when it comes to medical where somebody is sick or somebody has an injury, somebody like you or somebody that, that's a loved one. And that can cause a storm. There's the emotional storms, which you have intense fear, you have chaos, you have anger, you have a sense of the unknown. And when I was reading about emotional storms, those four things came up, the top four things. That is a perfect example of 2020 and 2021. A sense of fear, chaos, anger, a sense of not knowing what's going on. Which then is also storms that are financial, storms of unemployment, storms of stress, where people are stressed. People commit suicide or complete suicide. There's depression. Those are all storms that happen. And I'm, I'm telling you that these verses, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that I believe that God spoke to me years ago about these verses, and it's, uh, there's, a, there's a formula in there that will help me and help you deal with the storms of life. Now, let me take you back to the setting first to, to bring us up to where we are in verse 45. In verse 7, Jesus calls the 12 to himself, and he began to send them out two by two. So this was like the first time he's sending them out in six different directions, and he gave them power over unclean spirits. In verse 12, he tells them, well, in verse 12, it says, so they went out and preached and, and people to repent. And in 13, they cast out demons, anointed, um, anointed with oil, many who were sick, and they healed them. So this, was the, this is what was going on. In 30, it's time for them to come home and maybe get a little rest. So in verse 30, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both that they had done and what they had taught. And Jesus said to them, okay, this is key. Jesus said to them, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. Nice, rest. Let's rest a while. And these guys were traveling. They got back. They're all excited. You should have seen me. I cast out this demon. I was anointing this person. They got healed. And they were excited. And he says, you know what? And, and actually, and it goes on to say, for there were many coming and going, and they didn't, they didn't even have time to eat. So they needed a break. So what they do is, they get in a boat to go to a deserted place, but on the Sea of Galilee, you can look around where the boats are going. So the crowd saw where they were going, and they ran ahead, and they were waiting for them when they got to the shore. When they got to the shore, they, they got off the boat. Jesus saw them. He said, he said, they're like sheep that don't have a shepherd. And he had compassion on them, and then he taught them. And in verse 35, though, when the day was far spent, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and already it's late. 
And, and, and I can picture Jesus like looking around and saying, really, it's deserted. I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know it was deserted out here. Um, <laughs> um, they tell him to send them away, send them away. So we can finally get some rest. But what ends up happening is Jesus tells him to feed them before he sends them away, which that brings us to where we are immediately after he fed them. They were full. He sends them away and he made his disciples get into the boat. So that's like a a thing there in verse 45. He told them, go in the boat before me to the other side. That was the, the goal. To Bethsaida, exact location, while he, Jesus, sent the multitude away. In verse 46, and then he, when he sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and Jesus was alone on land. In verse 48 is key point number one. Jesus saw them. He saw them. He saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, point number two, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. So let's go with the first point, that he saw them. It's not a new point, okay? It's, it's something that goes back a long ways. In, in, in Exodus, when God was talking with Moses and telling Moses, I'm calling you to go uh, set my people free. And they were having a conversation. And in, in Exodus chapter 3, and I'll read this to you, the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, in bondage. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. What, what happened there? He's seen their oppression. He heard their cries. He knows their sorrows, and he's come down to deliver them. If we've been learning about short-term, near-term prophecy and future prophecy, well, this prophecy was short-term in the fact that Moses did go and the people were set free. But the, the long-term effect of that, this describes Jesus also at the cross. He seen, he heard, he came down. So all the believers here were actually set free at the cross. In, in Genesis, and this, is, uh, this uh, is one of my favorite verses, and I'm going to read it to you in Genesis, where Genesis uh, 16, you can look it up later. Hagar says, you are the God who sees. You are the God who sees. And then she finishes that, that verse by saying, you see me. I mean, that, that gives me goosebumps. God, God saw her. God sees me. God sees you. So whatever problem, strain, storm that you're in, God sees you. That, that's comforting to me. It, it's one of the attributes of God. God knows all things. So when God told them, hey, we're going to go over here to rest, it wasn't a surprise to him when he got to the other side. He's like, oh, there's a crowd here. I, I, I didn't expect it. I should have went somewhere else. No, he knew that. He was training them. Omniscience. 
the attribute of God. He knows all things. He saw them straining. They were doing their very best. They weren't slack. They were, they were putting it all in to do what? To go to the other side. The wind was against them. And I look up that word. It's a, it's an agi- it's a violent agitation. There was a violent agitation against them. And some of the storms, besides the wind, are a violent agitation against us. There could be struggles at work. There could be struggles with relationships. There could be struggles on and on. I I couldn't list them all here. But right now, do you, do I have any um, agitating uh, agitating things that are bothering us? Interesting also, it said that he waited to the fourth watch. Now, the fourth watch was between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. So if they left, like it said in um, verse 47, at evening, let's say the sun was going down, and now it was 3 to 6 in the morning, they they were out there for (laughs) six hours plus rowing doing the best they can. Why did Jesus delay in coming? Why does Jesus delay in our prayers? Why does Jesus delay? Why? Perhaps to train us for future challenges, future difficulties. That's what he was doing for them, and that's probably what he's doing for us. Why the delay? To teach them to trust in him when the winds of hardship and the waves of adversity come. But no difficulty, no obstacle or storm can stop him from coming to his people at the set time, at the right time. Not our time, his time. But we must wait patiently and rest in the promise that he sees us. And in verse 48, it said, key point number two, he came to them. Now, he could have, almighty, he could have just stopped the wind. He could have, right? Could have been like, okay, they've had enough. Workout's over, stop the wind. He could have sent an angel for relief. But he didn't. He chose to personally visit them, just like he chooses to personally visit us when we're in a storm. Nope, nobody likes hardship. I don't. I mean, if, if you ask me, do you want some hardship? I'm going to say no. But when I've had it, and I've had, I, I've never felt closer to him. Never felt it's the greatest feeling knowing that he's right with me in my struggle. Do I want the struggle? Absolutely not. If you ask me if I want to do it again, I want the closeness without the struggle. But see how the two come together? He personally visits them. We have a most gracious, loving Savior who came to them, and now he comes to us. 
walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. This is another attribute of God. Unlimited power. Omnipotent. Think about this, right? He had full control over gravity. Full control over the, over the water. Full control over the storm. That's the song, Bless Me, where he, he knows the, the waves' names, you know. He's just, uh, it was like blessing me when they were singing it. He comes casually walking over the storm. This big problem, it's just like it's nothing to him. Now, this other verse, or where it goes on, you would have passed by them. That, that could be like, whoa, that can be difficult to understand. What does it mean he would have passed by them? You know, um, I, I was, there's two references I see for this. And one is in Exodus where Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Please show me your glory. And God said, you can't see my face or you die. But you know what? I'm going to put you in the cliff of the rock and I'm going to pass by. And then you can see a glimpse of me. Maybe. A, a, a closer example here might be in Luke chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus, where he, 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 meet, he comes along these two guys that were very sad, and he was walking with them, and he, he asked them, hey, what's going on? Why are you guys so sad? You're the only one that doesn't know what's going on? I mean, um, the Messiah, the, he came, and we thought he was going to, um, you know, rule and reign, and he's dead, and now the women say that someone stole the body, and... Jesus said to them, oh, foolish and slow of heart to believe, you know, and he started teaching them. And when they got to where they were going, it said he indicated that he would have gone further, right? And that's what it says in Luke 24. He indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained Jesus saying, abide with us for, for it's towards evening and, and the day is far spent. And I, and I love that verse was right after that because then he, as soon as he broke the bread, they recognized him, and then he disappeared. And then they said, oh, didn't our hearts burn when he opened up the word to us? Oh, it was so, so good. So here, this thing with where he would have passed by them, Jesus set his face towards where they said they were going to the other side as if he would have gone further, but... It was like he was wanting them to call to him, not forcing himself in the boat. In the, in the other two accounts, in Matthew and in John, it, it gives no indication that he passed by. He, he went to the boat. So I, I don't want to give you the impression that he's just like he doesn't care about us because he cares about us so much. And when they saw him walking on the sea... They supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, you know, it's a ghost. They were frightened, scared. You know, the wind was blowing. They, they were wet. They probably had water on their face and their bodies. They were frightened. And often, we get frightened. We get scared of the storms of doubt, the storms of worry, the storms of imagination of things, of what's going to happen. And we, we, we get outside of what we even can control, and we just worry. And, and, and I've done that before. I'm an expert warrior, okay? I got a, I got a degree in it. Um, where there's nothing I can do except 
get back to whatever I should be doing because I can't control that. I got to leave it alone. And the more I worry about it, the more I'm, I'm, in, I'm causing a storm. I'm, I'm seeing a ghost. In verse 50, coming to my favorite parts here. Well, they're all favorite, but then they saw him and were troubled, but he immediately, key point number three, he talked with them and he said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Knowing that Christ is near is enough to cheer up any broken heart or any fret or, or, or being scared of in any storm. It is I, the great I am, your creator, your everything. Do not be afraid. I am here now. When I was reading this, it reminded me of Isaiah 43, and I'm going to read you a portion of that. Don't be afraid. This is what it says in Isaiah. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Now, he's telling them, don't be afraid. And certainly, or, you know, maybe he would have, when he said, hey, you know, uh, um, don't be afraid. Don't, don't you remember, boys, learning this in, in, uh, in Sunday school or at the temple? You know, fear not. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters... And, oh, by the way, you will, I will be with you. The first time, the first time I absolutely, positively knew God was speaking to me, and that's, that's a moment in time, was in, when I was living in Chicopee, Massachusetts, a long time ago, and I was under a lot of pressure at work, a lot of pressure. And, and it was a storm. I, I, I didn't classify it as a storm at the time. I, I was a new Christian. And I was reading, not this verse here, but back in chapter 4. And in chapter 4, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And now he's in the boat. And he's taking a nap. He's got a cushion, so that means he's planning on sleeping, right? He's got a cushion. He's sleeping. And there's a big storm, major storm. And I'm, I'm reading it. And during the storm, and you know, you know the verse, the disciples said, they wake him up and say, don't you care? We're perishing. Don't you care? Jesus sits up and he says, silence, be still, you know, or peace, be still. And he stopped it, the storm. And the disciples were like, they were, they, were, they were scared. They were scared more because of what he just did. But the next verse, Jesus says, Why are you afraid? 
do you, do you still have no faith? When I, first time that I, I'm like, you know what? This book is so awesome. It's actually speaking to me. First time. When I read that, why are you so afraid? I realized it was talking to me. Why am I so afraid? What, am I, what, what are they going to do to me? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Why am I so afraid? And Jesus is in the boat with me. So, yeah, we, we might be taking on some waves, and I, I might be getting wet, and I might be having some difficulties, but those difficulties train us for future challenges. You know when we're going to rest? You know when? At that last trumpet call, right? When, when, and I was, in, I was in the Army. They played taps. Taps is rest. They, they play that every night on base. They play taps. People rest, Okay. <laughs> So there'll be a time where we'll have rest, but now it's time to do our best to serve the Lord. Now, key point, last, key, last point is number four, is that he went up into the boat. So 51, he went up into the boat to them. And what happened? The wind ceased stopped. The violent agitation stopped. They were greatly amazed. They were astonished in themselves beyond measure. More than they could even imagine. They marveled. He went into the boat. Now, difference here versus the one I just mentioned. The one I just mentioned, he said, peace be still. He said, you know, he told the, the storm, like, shut up or, you know, silencio or something like that. He, he told it to be quiet. But here, he didn't say a word. He just went into the boat, and it stopped. When we have an awareness of his Thereness or his closeness, the storms cease. When um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something else, when in uh, in Chicopee, when I was there, I, I had a business card, and more times than I can remember, somebody was in some type of problem, so I would take my business card. And I would flip it over, and I would draw a circle, nice circle in the middle. And I would write in the middle of that circle, I would write peace, rest, God, all in the middle of that circle. And then, depending on who I was talking to, I would write on the outside the things that are causing them problems. And could be envy, could be fear, could be jealousy, could be bitterness, could be, could be a hundred different things. I remember um, giving one to my mother-in-law, and which she loved me to death, so she was, she was great. But I... Um, 
she, she was, had issues with anger sometimes. <laughs> and I told her, I took the card, I just stay in the middle here, just stay in the middle. Stay in the middle of this card. And, and I remember coming back a couple months later, and she goes, look at my card, it's almost falling apart. I'm just I'm rubbing it, you know, to stay in the middle. But there's a truth to that. Now, and in, in reality, that little circle could, could end up, let's do a silhouette of a boat, right? If we stay in the boat with Jesus in the boat, no matter what the storms are that we're going through, we're, we're going to be fine. In, in Isaiah, it says, he will keep him, which is us, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. That's, that's, that's the solution right there. The sad thing is, they did not understand about the loaves because their heart was hardened. They didn't understand. Now, when I, when I, I looked that up, it's like, it's like they didn't consider it. When, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 people, they probably said, you know, I, I see people feeding people all the time. That ain't a big deal. But walking on the water, that is something i never seen before. So they didn't understand his almighty power, his control over everything when he was feeding the 5,000, which was probably more like 20,000 because the 5,000 was just counting the men, wasn't counting the women and children. So that was a big thing that he did that. But it's, I, I think the warning for me here is that I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to not consider the things that God's done for me in the past or the things that he's done for other people that I'm aware of. And I want to just continue to press on knowing that he said we're going to go to the other side. And, and I'm going to faithfully do I, the best I can rowing and as fast as I can, as long as I can, the best that I can. So what did I learn from this short passage in the, in the Gospel of Mark? How do I find rest in the storm of life? Number one, God saw them, and he sees me. And that's in verse 48. God saw them, he sees me. And if he sees them and he sees me, he sees you too. Key point number two in verse 48, he came to them, and oh, thankfully he came to me, and he comes to you. In, in, in Revelation, it says he stands at the door and knocks. Anyone who opens, he comes in and, 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 and eats supper with them or dines with them. Key point number three, he spoke to them. And he told them, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. And he speaks to us, too, in his word. That's the important thing of reading it and listening to it, and going to Bible studies. He spoke to them, he spoke to me, and he speaks to you if we have listening ears. A lot of times we can, eh, that's not for me, uh, or, I don't, or, or kind of shun some of the warnings. Key point number four, God 
entered into their situation. He entered into their situation. He entered into their problem. And he has entered into many of my, my problems and my stormy days. And I know that there's many here that can testify the same thing. Did I or am I um, trying to handle problems myself? That's, that's a question. If, if I want to do everything by myself and I don't want to rely on him, then that's, that could be my problem. I, I need to invite him in to help me deal with whatever storm I'm in. You know, there's a, another part of this passage or, or event that's not recorded here, which is recorded in, in Matthew. And it's the story with Peter. When, when Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I, um, don't, don't fear, it is I. Or, yeah, be of good cheer, it is I, don't fear. Peter said, if it's you, if it's you, call, call me over to you, if it's you. Because, I mean, it, they thought it was a ghost, right? If it's you, call me over to you. So Jesus said, come. And you know the story. He got out of the boat. He figured it's better to be with Jesus than in this boat that's like almost capsizing. So he started walking on the water, walking on the water. Why? Because he had his eyes on Jesus. It, it says in there, but the wind was boisterous, and he looked, and then he became afraid, and he started to sink. And what did Peter say? Three words, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And that's the same thing he'll do for us. When Peter was sinking, he said, Lord, save me. And save me also from my fears, my doubts, my anxiety, from anything that's bothering me, that's, that's getting in my way of trusting you, relying on you, and walking in faith. That's all any one of us has to do is just ask, Lord, save me. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this short passage, this short study, and the, the key points of that you do see us in our, in our struggles. You know everything that's going on in our lives, and we thank you that you come to us in our trials. And then you, you speak to us, and we thank you for your words of encouragement, your songs of joy. And, and lastly, Father, we thank you that you come into our situation, and you bring peace and the winds cease father we thank you so much for who you are i i thank you for for your greatness and 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 even now father if there's somebody here that never ever put their trust in you i would ask lord that you would give them 
the understanding, the discernment that even now in their inner being, in their soul, in their heart, they would just cry out, Lord, save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my sin. Save me from this world of despair. Save me from all my shortfalls. I believe that you're God and I I need you in my life. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.